Okay, we're going to now talk about a difficult uh, Shiloh, which is called Tirufadas. Tirufadas is translated, I guess, as where the mind becomes utterly confused or completely overwhelmed, or the mind becomes over, overcoming of the mind. I don't know if we could translate the madness of the mind, but basically when a ill patient is not treated or feels they're not being treated or a certain need that they feel they need and they're not getting, it could cause them in a, uh, it could cause them in a sense of danger. It could cause them to just lose it or they could have a, some form of a breakdown, whether it, through, for, through it being in their mind mentally and then it affects their physical health or the like. So let's discuss mainly on the two aspects, how they relate to Shabbos and Yom Kippur. So, we have in Simon Shin Lamed, chapter 330. Over there it talks about a woman who gave birth, or she's, going, she's about to give birth. So the Shulchan Aruch says she has the status of a cholish sheyesh boisikan. That means she, she, see, she's in, potentially in real danger right now. And that's why we have to be quick and help her to... Uh, to make sure that she doesn't get in danger or something terrible from it by not giving and treating her properly. So, beyond the fact that they can do her basic physical needs that she needs in order to not be in danger while giving birth, in addition to that, it says in the Shulchan Aruch, it says a big interesting idea here, that you would light a candle for her, meaning I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't say if you only have a goat. No, it, theoretically, if need be, even a Jew could light a candle for her on Shabbos, and even if she's blind. And, and the, why is it? Why, why would we allow to light a candle for a blind woman who's giving birth? What, what benefit does she have from the light? Because if she's not going to have the candle, so she could cause her to feel that she's not going to be taken care of properly. But if she does have the candle lit, again, even though she's blind, and theoretically they don't need the candle lit, they can manage without the candle lit. But still, in the words of the Shulchan of the Altar Rebbe, she's going to become in sakana, in danger, from the fear of her heart, that she will be afraid that maybe they're not doing exactly what they need to do for her as she needs. And that's a general idea that a choyla, a sick person, needs to know that they're being taken care of properly. If a sick person is not, you know, what type of sick person? A person who is very sick or in, in potential real danger. If they feel that they are not getting what they need properly for their, for their, while they are sick or while they need medical attention, that itself could cause them to get very nervous, panic, and make their physical circumstances much worse. Now, we have another, uh, we, we, we have halachas of this, of Tirfadas in many places in Shas and Poiskim. I'll give you another place in the Shulchan Aruch. So in Simon Shinvav, chapter 306, Siftes, it says, that they should come um, to make a eulogy. 
In other words, oh, you're going to tell him, uh, you're not allowed to tell Goy to do a, a violation of going out of the Shabbos boundary. So to, to get, tell them to go and find the relatives of someone who already passed away, should come and do a eulogy that you can't do. But it says, If the person is not dead, but the person is really sick and they could potentially die very soon, and the Omar, and he says, she He says, go get my relatives. Go inform them. Vadai shari. The Shulchan says, certainly it's allowed. In other words, you could even hire them um, to, to go and inform. And if they'll have to travel out of the Shabbos boundaries to inform these people, it would be allowed. And again, the Magen Avram and Sivkat and Yurchas writes, because he's, we don't want that he's going to, he's right now deathly ill. We don't want them to feel that he's going to die alone or that he's not going to get his, his, this request made. And that misery or that feeling of hopelessness will cause his circumstances his, to die even quicker or, or, or the like. And that is, that is the theme what we had by the woman who was giving birth, lighting the candle for her, even if she's blind. And that's the same theme here as well. Let's also talk about in Hilchas Yom Kippur. We find that we know everybody cannot eat on Yom Kippur, even you know, a pregnant woman or a woman nursing where we're more lenient in some of the fasts. Um, but when it comes to Yom Kippur, they need to fast, you know, unless it's a sakana, right? But they, they have to go out of the way to fast, right? So it says in the Gemara, it's brought in the Shulchan Aruch and Simen Tafresh Yod let's say woman who's pregnant smells food and she wants to eat it and she feels that maybe that could cause a miscarriage if she's not going to eat because ultimately this craving that she needs to have food is from her pregnancy from the baby from the unborn baby and we try to tell her we whisper to her we say it's Yom Kippur today maybe that itself will do it for her right if the Shulchan says if her mind was settled from that and now that there's no craving anymore for the food, then fine. And if her mind is not settled, she's still craving the food on Yom Kippur and the like. She says, I need to eat, right? Or face changes colors or the like. So in that case, we give her the food. We don't feel that she's necessarily going to die if by not eating. We just think that maybe this could cause a miscarriage or the like. So we give her the food to eat that might do it and make her calm again. And the Shulchan Aruch and Alter Rebbe, Sif Gimel, in that same simon says, and it's not only for a pregnant woman, but even anybody who smells food and their face looks like they are changed colors and that they are in danger, if you don't give them to eat something, we will, we will give it to them. Because it's possible that this person could have what's called, you know, like a tear of das. Their mind could be totally unsettled if they're not going to do it and could cause them some sort of danger. In Simin Tav Ches in Yom Kippur, which is the next chapter, chapter 618, uh, it goes back to saying, Sifalaf, if a person who's sick says, I need to eat, even though... Uh, that if he won't eat, uh, even though he's not saying that if I won't eat, I could get in danger, we'd say, listen, it's Yom Kippur. You shouldn't eat on Yom Kippur. But if the person insists they need to eat, 
he says, I can't have it. I can't hold it myself anymore. I need to eat. I have to break the fast, right? And we and the person knows about the severity of Yom Kippur. Nonetheless, in such a case, we let them eat until they say they've had enough. And here it says a very interesting reason. We don't assume that a person is a wicked person that when they, they say, I must eat, I must eat on Yom Kippur. We don't assume that they just want to be a wicked person or eat on Yom Kippur. No. Minastam, and probably the person is margish ba'atzmai, person feels by themselves that they need this because the lev yodea maras nafshay, the heart knows the hardship of their soul. So they know that if they need it, they need it. And we should help them, we should give it to them. So we see from here, despite the fact that we try to originally maybe push off and ask them or tell them, listen, it's Yom Kippur and stuff, but if the person insists that they need it, we, we, we're not able, you know, if they we look, look like the person was about to die, we'd give it to them anyways, because we don't want them to die, chas v'sham. but here we're trusting that the way they are saying it and the like is convincing that it seems there could be some sort of tirafadas um, or the like, uh, completely loss of mind or could cause them some sort of agony, which could cause them some sort of danger as a result of it, and we allow them. So here we see some examples of where it's another dimension, how we look at a sick person, whether in the laws of Yom Kippur, Shabbos or Yom Kippur, how to deal with it. And they're very complex because sometimes we don't listen to the person despite their their will uh, and their strong desire. For example, the Rambam is famously uh, writes that let's say somebody wanted to, um, he desired some a woman who he was not allowed to marry or the like, or or, or the like. It was just it's not it's princess or the like, and he says I need to speak with this person, and and we don't allow. The Rambam says okay, let him die. <laughs> That's what the Rambam writes. In other words, we don't want to make forms of allowing just because a person will lose their mind or they get lovesick or the like. It doesn't doesn't allow you know stuff which could lead to immorality. So that's that's something also to keep in mind. It's not just like a blanket heter, as they say, just an absolute allowance. Anytime somebody feels you know that they they'll go crazy if they don't get what they want, we allow it. But it is definitely so, at least when it comes to immoral things, we're more definitely concerned. We won't allow. But when it comes to matters of things that it looks clear to us that this could cause a real breakdown in their health, we will allow it. I'll give you one more um, case and we'll conclude on that. Uh, there is, first of all, a uh, r- rule called the Shechimara, and we actually mentioned a little bit, where sometimes we even allow him to make a Kenyan, we allow him to make oh, changes in his in the halacha, he could make a, a gift right now, a person who's deathly ill, we could allow them to make a, a, a gift, even though that halachically they have to do with a kinyan and acquiring and all these things. And that is because if we don't allow it, it's going to cause them to potentially have a breakdown and just, you know, die very quickly due to they feel that their needs are not being met. There is also great long debates and discussions to how much degree of, um, of convincing do we need in order to allow this situ- uh, circumstance of Tirofadas, do we need it that we feel that the danger is imminent if we don't help them? Or is it that it will make the circumstances worse, although we're not sure if that will bring... These are great uh, debates. Do we allow the Rabbanin uh, Isurim prohibitions or only or, bib- or even biblical? These are great debates in the post-game. And, um, you know, 
one should look into these questions with a POSIC before if they have to uh, evaluate them ahead of time.